Hello everyone, this is the second episode of the Formula Bharat podcast. You got that right, the second one. So if you have missed out, then scroll up and listen to the first one first. Alright, so we have a lot of good conversation coming your way. But before that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Robert Bosch Engineering and Business Solutions, Event Logistics at Flomic Group, and Studio Clockwork. You guys are awesome, and none of this is possible if it isn't for your support and trust in us. I'd also like to give a shout out to Grid Motorsports Bangalore for helping us produce the podcast. Let me move on to the show. I'm Sanjay Sukumar, and I'm joined by Rahul Shivakumar, and we will be the hosts for today. We have a lot of important things to discuss about over here, and who better to discuss it with than with our guests here today. I'd like to introduce Mr. Sirish Visa, head of Volkswagen Motorsport India. Second, we have Suraj Valamkonda from Formula Bharat and current employee of Aether Energy. And finally, we have Syed Hassam from Formula Manipal as part of the team panel. Welcome, guys. So here we go. Sirisa, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, thanks. How about you? Well, I can't complain, sir. Uh, it being a sunny, the roads were relatively empty on my way here, and in Bangalore city, that is a big deal. In uh, in UK, people complain about weather over tea. In Bangalore, people complain about traffic over coffee. That is that is ground reality of it all. Um, so, so tell me, what is the typical workday in the life of Sirish Vesa? <laughs> I have two types of workdays. One when I'm in the office and one when I'm outside the office. So in the office, typically I leave my house by about 6.15 and um, I'm at the office where I usually get caught up with meetings and all the admin stuff and uh, a little bit of technical stuff. And I'm usually back home around 7, 7.30 in the evening, a little bit of a workout, then some relaxing and then uh, catch up on personal stuff. Wow, that sounds that sounds incredibly disciplined. Uh, <laughs> tell me, how has the 2018 season been for Volkswagen Motorsport? Uh, actually, it's been a pretty good season, I would say, because uh, for us, the important thing is to make sure that we have uh, the young, new drivers who come into our championship uh, being able to be uh, I would say developed and getting competitive uh-huh. with the more experienced guys. So this year we had 14 youngsters come in who had never raced before, and oh, wow. uh, the championship, yeah, and the championship went down to the very last race. So it was a, a very good thing. Um, that sounds quite interesting, actually. Uh, I've heard from various racers about how Volkswagen Motorsport provides an entire package for an amateur to go racing with. Uh, you know, without the hassle of worrying about whether his or her competitor's car is faster or not, you know, since the cars are performance balanced and uh, mainly, mainly owing to the fact that it is a one-make series, of course. Uh, this, of course, it's only in relation with the Amio Cup, not the many other verticals of uh, motorsport Volkswagen takes part in, such as the INRC and so on and so forth. Um, so, drawing up the experience of Volkswagen Motorsport, how critical is the relation between good team management and success on track? Well, I, I don't think you can say that uh, uh, the two aren't absolutely and completely related. Okay. Uh, what I mean is that ultimately you sort of win or lose before you actually get to the track. And uh, mm-hmm. so it, it comes down to anything that you do. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if you prepare properly, then ultimately when you get to the exam or the test, then it becomes fairly straightforward, fairly easy. I mean, this is exactly the same when it comes to performance on a racetrack. So that's your examination and all of the work you do behind the scenes, in the workshop, in your university or in our case in the factory is all the prep work we need to be able to succeed on track. So, yeah, I mean, we, we have to, you know, sort of, Uh, I would say uh, expect the unexpected and prepare for all eventualities and, you know, take into account lots of things that can go wrong and, uh, and make sure that 
each person of the team knows exactly what to do in each situation and they have uh, i would say a good division of of responsibilities and right. uh, then of course you know a way of tracking all of this what exactly is the difference between the track related amio cup and the uh, inrc that's the indian national rally championship where volkswagen plays more of a customer support role uh, what is the difference between uh, those two uh, verticals of uh, Volkswagen Motorsport? Well, I mean, the two are quite different in the sense that with the Amio Cup, uh, we run everything. So we uh, build the cars, we uh, prepare the cars, we service the cars at the racetrack. Um, we look after absolutely everything except for driving. So uh, we take care of all of the back-end operations and the drivers just come in, get in the car, drive, finish the race, go home. Whereas with our INRC commitment, with the rally commitment, that's more of a customer sport sort of it. So there we don't own the cars. Most of the cars are owned by mm -hmm. customers. Yes, we have built a few of them at the factory for them. But there we are more there as sort of, um, I would say, technical support for them. So in case they have any queries, we are there to help them optimize setup, optimize whatever performance they need out of the car, and also to provide them with service backup in case they need it. So we've got always engineers over there. If they have a problem, then they will be able to help them and, of course, provide them with, with parts that they need to get the cars working properly. Yeah. Um... All the INRC Volkswagen cars are the Type 1 Polos with the 1600cc engines in them. Uh, I own one of those and uh, the car has served me so well in the last seven years. No complaints at all. It's a great car. Uh, so, here's an interesting analogy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, close to about two-thirds of the cars running INRC are Volkswagens. Um, is that right? Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty close. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's been a pretty, I would say, successful program for us. Because um, even though we don't actually run a factory team, I think the, the amount of visibility we get out of the rally program is second to none. Um, and uh, the best part is that the way we do it, we are strengthening the ecosystem of motorsport in rallying. Yes, uh it works in favor of multiple parties, uh, you know, A, being a form of physical marketing, great physical marketing for your cars with the whole race on Sunday, sell on Monday thing. But also, like you said, providing a canvas for the sport to grow at a time where India is seeing reform in the area. Um, so, yeah. Uh, how do you think um, something as established and large scale like Volkswagen's venture in motorsports trickles down to Formula Student events? such as Formula Bharat? There are lots of similarities. I mean, I would say, uh, you know, coming I, I, coming from the same uh, Formula student background or Formula SAE background back when I was studying in the US, uh, you know, a lot of things that you end up doing uh, are all related. Uh, yes, the scale may vary and, and the, the, the finances may vary, but ultimately, you're essentially trying to achieve the same goal. Uh, the big difference, I would say, is that with Formula Bharat, you're only focused on building your one prototype car. And uh, whereas for uh, something like what we are doing, then we are more focused on actually productionizing all of this as well to ensure that we have consistency, uh, consistency across a, a range of cars. Right. Thank, thank you for the insight, sir. We will come back to you with more questions. But for now, I'd like to move on to Suraj, who is the lead for technical inspection at Formula Pirate. Suraj, tell us a little more about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, good morning. So I'm a structural design engineer at Ether Energy. Uh, we're building a smart connected two-wheeler. So what I do as part of structural designing is I design, prototype, and test a lot of structural parts of the vehicle. So this is mostly the chassis. So most of my work involves with, you know, coming up with concepts of uh, how do we design the vehicle, uh, doing some quick tests to prove the concept because we can't really simulate everything. Uh, you build prototypes, uh, you keep testing and repeating until you have a good result. And the major difference from what I do here compared to what I did in FSA was in FSA, you're just building one prototype, but here you need to productionize the design. 
So uh, you move on to do your FMEs to identify all the failure modes. You design for durability, you design for service, uh, you design for assembly, and then you move into production tooling, you productionize everything, uh, do your product level validation. Uh, there'll be a certain homologation requirements that need to be met for a vehicle and then move over to SOP. My work basically involves uh, taking the chassis from a concept all the way up to production. Wow, that's quite a bit of responsibility. I'm sure a lot of what you apply here at Aether, especially when it comes to being technically sound uh, um, with with what works and what doesn't, uh, it, I'm sure that has been a takeaway from attending Formula Student events. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, isn't, that, isn't that right? Yes, yes. So, as you said, I've graduated from uh, IIT Madras. I was part of uh, Rafta Formula Racing for about four years. Uh, I've done a couple of uh, Formula Student Germany's and uh, I've did a couple of Formula Student India's. When I started off with FSA, I was just working on, my first project was on designing the upright for the suspensions. And over the years, I've moved on to powertrain and eventually I was leading the team in the final year. Quite literally, what, like the baby steps of everything I do at Aether today has been through Formula Student. Like Formula Student has been my classroom, it's been my mentor. Uh, it's been about seven years since I've been involved with the Formula Student Circuit. That's like four years of participation, three years of volunteering. And uh, what I feel is Formula Student is the perfect cocoon for someone to experiment because you're, you're working in the university tag name. Uh, funding isn't really tough to get. You have free access to labs. You have your professors to guide you. You have your university prototyping lab that you can get to. And you have an enthusiastic team of people to work with, right? So you get to design, build, test, and compete uh, within period of 12 months. And in case you fail, in the worst case, you can just hit the reset button and then start over again next year. I can't do that in production because I have to live with what I designed, right? So, so yeah, uh, most of what I do has been learned through FSA. Right. Um, I'm sure the guys of Formula, participating in Formula Bharat uh, want to be hearing exactly that. Um, so we have a question here from uh, Hussam. Hussam, go ahead. Uh, how uh, influential do you think your work at Aether is uh, in is uh, in the progress and development of uh, Formula Student competitions in India? Right. So um, what I've observed in the past, like it, it's been about two and a half years since uh, I've uh, started working at Aether. Um, what I've clearly observed is that um, the automotive domain in India has a long way to improve when compared to the rest of the world. So as people, we have the required skills, but it's our mindset that needs to change. Uh, like someone famous said, we need to move away from servicing someone else's things and start building our own things, right? And FSA is one way of nurturing that mindset in graduates, where you get to solve real life problems, you innovate, build stuff, validate it, and you're confident of what you've learned or achieved, right? So this talent is really rare to find. Uh, the industry needs it, like OEMs need it, component suppliers need it, uh, vendors need it, testing facilities need it, needs it. So yeah, helping nurture this mindset is one part of, you know, why I am involved with Formula Bharat. Apart from that, yeah, the judges and organizing team at uh, Formula Bharat is like super exciting to work along with. Like each of the judges is incredibly experienced in whatever uh, profiles they're in. And you just find them over lunch, you pick their brains, and you'll just be amazed at the insights that you will get. Yeah, Sirish, for example, right? Like, Sirish has been in the industry for a really long time, and it's most of the design judges. You you just get in touch with any design judge, like, say, Narayanan, get in touch with uh, Mahek. All these guys are just incredible. Right. So, Suraj, uh, what exactly do you do at uh, Formula Bharat? So, uh, at Formula Bharat, I'm basically involved with tech. I was leading technical inspection last year. Uh, so it's uh, technical inspection uh, brakes. Uh, brakes was also being done by Ram. Uh, doing uh, noise, fuel, tilt, all of these. So it's basically uh, taking care of all the rules, just setting up everything throughout the year so that teams can, you know, do their document submissions on time, prepare checklists for everything, like respond to rule queries. A lot of teams come up with alternatives of different ways of to do a certain thing and how do you meet the rule. So yeah, responding to that, and during the event, it's just technical inspection, uh, resolving uh, most of the protests and stuff like that. All right, thank you for that. Um, let's move on to Hussam from Formula Manipal. Um, Hussam, tell me, tell us more about yourself and uh, also about your team. 
I'm Syed Usam and uh, I'm a third year student in uh, Manipal Institute of Technology. Uh, I joined Formula Manipal in 2016 and uh, I'm responsible for the design and manufacturing of the current space frames that we have. And I'm currently working on, on the implementation of a monocoque for the next season. Formula Manipal is a team that started in 2008 with their first car FM08 and the latest car FMX8 that participated in Austria, FS Austria. And we have bagged many various uh, trophies uh, to date in many different international competitions. And uh, this season, uh, we, have coming, we are coming up with the first uh, electric vehicle, which is almost uh, in the end of its manufacturing phase. It has been a roller coaster ride over these years. And uh, the current team is looking uh, forward to the exciting season coming up uh, and uh, hoping to continue and carry on the legacy of Formula Manipal. All right. So how has this past season been for Formula Manipal? I mean, actually it started, uh, this. it was the year in which we had to start manufacturing and finalize the design phase and start the manufacturing of the electric vehicle. So considering handling two cars at the same time, uh, it was happening for the first time in our workshop. So considering that it was tedious, but uh, it was a hectic job, but mm-hmm. I think we were successfully able to manage it. I mean, the competition at Austria was uh, very good. It was a very excellent learning experience for all our teammates. There were many ups and downs regarding everything from managerial aspects to technical aspects. And I mean, the event and the season taught us how to efficiently manage our tasks and time both. So I think everyone enjoyed it. Firstly, that's the most important thing. Enjoy your work and the learning also. So I think it was a very good package. All right. Coming to the 2019 season, what competitions yeah. will Formula Manipal be participating in? Uh, for now, we are all geared up to participate in Formula Bharat 19 in Jan. And we are, look, we are expecting to compete in uh, and get registered in the international competitions like Formula Student Germany, Formula Student Austria, Czech and Formula Student Italy. Wow, that's going to be a lot of fun. Coming back to Sirish. You were a Formula student participant back in the 90s. Why do you feel it is important to be part of the program even now and especially in India? Well, um, you know, I was fortunate to be a member of the Society of Automotive Engineers, the student chapter, when I was at Purdue. And, uh, you know, sort of I understood the rationale behind uh, the student design competitions, right? So this was because uh, in the US, all the big three uh, back then, um, it's no longer the big three from the U.S. Uh, automotive companies found that essentially they would hire engineers out of uh, whether it's college or university. They'd start working and then they would end up having to spend another year or so training them as they were paying them a salary to be able to get them to be, I would say, uh, performing as a, before they were able to perform and actually deliver results for the company. So. The idea was how do you give experience to students while they are still in studying so that essentially they come out with a couple of years of work experience. For me, I, I was involved because I've, I'm a gearhead. I've always been a motorsport nut. Uh, and I was fortunate that uh, when I was involved, uh, when I was living in the US, I was involved in a lot of motorsport activities outside of college. And so when this opportunity came up, I jumped at it and I thought I, it was the most learning I've gained uh, uh, through my career in the, in the U.S. or in university. I mean, I actually learned more doing Formula SAE back then than I did mm-hmm. actually through all the theory and everything because it's practical application of uh, concepts. And mm-hmm. so this is something I actually very truly believe in and I'm very passionate about. Uh, so I actually try and make sure that everybody that works on my team at Volkswagen Motorsport has some kind of experience with uh, the formula design competitions. And, and it's oh. something that's the, that for me is a way of giving back. Okay? I, 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 am, I feel honestly that I am where I am because of what I learned through activities like Formula SAE, Formula Student. And so it's for me to be able to give back to this, the community and give back to the future students. I think it's a good way for me to do it, being involved. And when I look at India, I would say this is probably more relevant than even it was in the US because our educational system has to transition from being 
I would say a majority theory based to being more practically oriented. Um, and so because we are focused so strongly on theory in our educational system in India, it is the need of the hour to give students the opportunity to actually do some hands-on stuff um, because otherwise you end up getting people that come out that will design something that can never be manufactured or that can design something that can never be assembled. Okay. So we have to actually build on this and I, I hope that more of the universities and colleges in and around the country actually support the programs wholeheartedly and allow the students to sort of learn and gain the experience out of this. Yeah, I can relate to a lot of points that uh, you said regarding practicality and changing from a classroom engineer to a proper th practical engineer. It's a lot of issues uh, that a lot of people faced outside. I've found that I've I just found it a tiny tad bit easier to focus on all that. I I would say that you know it, it, we are maturing. I would say that the India is maturing. So I would say say that you know probably in in a couple of years you will see that there is more preference given to people with this kind of experience on their resume than people who are you know purely theoretical straight A students. So. I definitely do hope so. To Suraj, what will be the major changes in store for tech at Formula Bhar 2019? We have more teams this year and uh, EV is happening. We'll probably have lesser time in each bay for a car. So I would want all our participants to come uh, prepared with their cars and not spend too much time opening up panels or doing a lot of uh, assembling and disassembling. Uh, the other suggestion I have is uh, whenever teams are handed over with a list of things to fix on the car, please don't come back without fixing everything. Uh, there'll be a checkpoint when they join the queue. Every uh, point that was mentioned for them to fix has to be fixed. Even if they've missed one out of 10, they'll have to go back, fix everything and come again. Tier 1 teams will always continue to have priority, uh, even this year. Hence, uh, do not miss deadlines. As long as you just stick to your photo submission and video submission deadline, you will mm -hmm. be tier one teams. So yeah, that's apart from that, I don't see any change in store for tech this year. All right. Well, picking from a point itself, I've heard that preparedness is something that Indian teams lack, both from you and from others. Why is it still prevalent? See, traditionally, as Indians, we've not been great at building with our hands, right? Uh, we don't strive for perfection in our builds. Uh, Jugard as a concept started here. Like Jugard is okay in the very initial stages of design and testing when you want to make like quick decisions on your car, but you can't have Jugard in a car that is at the competition. Thanks so much for explaining to us and our listeners uh, what Jugard is. Seriously, this is what differentiates us from the Japanese or the Europeans, right? Like even the tiniest of things like position of cable ties, wire harness routing, uh, insulation of connectors, cleanliness of the cockpit is something that the Euro Europeans really care about. They're very senti about this. So yeah, like I'm not saying Jugard is bad. Like smart engineers across the world use Jugard. Uh, it is the perfect tool when you want to uh, move fast. But the really successful engineers know when, know at what stage of the project to stop doing Jugard and move to you know good and sound engineering principles. That is what differentiates successful engineers from smart engineers. And that is something that we haven't mastered yet, right? But having said that, our teams have improved significantly over the past three years. And I can confidently say that times are changing. At uh, Formula Bar 2018, we had a full day of cars running endurance and we had a queue at uh, the start plane, right? That's never happened before. So uh, we're learning every year, which is a good thing. Yes, that's um, that's actually true. You know, uh, we are on the path of progress. Like um, um, in the last episode, we had Mehek Modi on, okay, and he, he he was telling us about the amount of progress that we are actually making and that he can actually physically see. You know, he mentioned that passing scrutiny was no longer a big feat for teams. You know, and uh, teams are now you know just going at it for the best lap times, and that is a telltale for progress. Um, right. So, uh, question, question for Sam, man, uh, what is the level of Jugard you find acceptable for your builds? Actually, as, uh, Suraj told, 
I mean, we might be lucky to have this kind of tool called Jugaad, but we should be smart in a way to how to use it. I mean, and when to use it. I mean, I think the fault, especially in many Indian teams, is that negligence, negligence and ignorance. I mean, during test testing or somewhere else, that we'll fix it later, and in that process, we tend to forget things at the later stages, which just comes back and hits us. So I think if we start using the good engineering practices in the initial stages of manufacturing or assembly itself i don't think i mean just sorting that problem then and there itself i mean not elongating it and uh, extending it for to a further date i mean so that i don't think there'll be any possibility of uh, doing such a jugaad kind of thing in a competition or an event in which it's not supposed to be done i mean i know it's prevalent uh, till now even in my team so but ways of fixing it is i think just rectifying your mistakes from the start itself okay so when doing your endurance run and probably doing your brake testing and all that uh, it must be quite important to brief your driver and he has to know the car in and out just to make sure that uh, he doesn't drive it past the point where he ends up breaking it uh, yes what are your thoughts on on something like that and how important it is for a driver to know the car really thoroughly Yeah I mean it all comes up to how much the driver knows the car I mean how much he has driven it before he is driving it to the competition I mean as uh, Mr Shreesh said all the you have you know what the result is before you even start it's all about the training and preparation and practice that going on that's going on I mean whatever is happening before that that's the most important thing so whatever I mean you do in the last minute of the driver motivating him but all that matters is all the practice he's had all the time he's had spent with the car before he's come at the final stage so i think that's what's important uh i we for now we have a car that is run in the events at formula in austria so i think before formula bharat we have two months of testing in which we do a uh, daily up to 6 to 7 hours of testing daily with uh, different drivers for one hour to us so i mean i think that's a pretty good amount of time considering the rest for the car and the drivers as well right thanks thanks for the insight uh, i'm sure it's a common thing to not know how much is too much or too little this there is some kind of a fine line over there but um, i'm sure another hurdle that teams have to face is the the testing facilities uh, or actually actually the lack of testing facilities it would be hard to come by and i'm sure teams struggle to get the required amount of uh, testing time they require to 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 weed out all the inconsistencies uh, on the vehicle you know uh, so anyway moving past that um here's a question for mr sirish if one was to foresee a career in motorsports especially in a place like india where motorsports is in uh, what i would say a, a nascent stage yeah uh, what would you suggest to them uh and how would you tell them to take things forward you know like like a floor plan okay well actually before we get to that i mean there's one important point i'd like to add to what uh, you know the, the, my uh, friends were talking earlier which is that the jugaad in itself is not bad but it's taking ownership of your task and taking pride in your task that's the most critical aspect and this sort of leads into when we start talking about uh, trying to get into motorsport as a career uh, in india you're right it is very difficult at the moment because motorsport isn't professional yet as in there isn't a professional championship running where you know you've got a stream of engineers that have jobs available so on and so on and so on but it is changing there are a couple of new championships that are coming across over the next 2 years where you will see i would say a more publicized version of motorsport happened now one of the things you have to remember i think anybody that's involved in formula student was already aware of this but uh it's something i would like to reiterate which is that being involved in motorsport at any level uh it's very difficult to get your foot in the door at the top end okay so that means that unless you are like the albert einstein complete genius in one particular area which is practical for motorsport at that particular point in time and you are like the best in the world you're not going to get a job at a very high level as your entry level job you have to work your way up to give you an idea when i started 
I used to uh, wash uh, wheels and tires for a race team on weekends. And that's where I started and worked my way up to the point where I was then engineering and running my own car and designing bits and pieces on a race car and all that stuff. But it was 14 to 16 hours of work per day. And uh, when I was later on in my career, we were working six, seven days a, a, a week without any problems. And this is the level of dedication that is required for you to get to wherever you want to go. Um, that's something that people can't lose sight of. It's great. You know, I would love to be, you know, the next Formula One driver, but that requires talent and that requires dedication. And both of those you have to work on. That That is a whole lot of dedication. Uh, I have a question here from Hussam. Um, he wants to know about the feasibility of having multiple events through the course of a year. What are, you, what are your thoughts about it? A particular competition that is subscribed to fully and uh, then you have enough demand that you need to have something else. Only then does it make sense. I mean, I think that probably you would, I would say that in a couple of years or maybe even a year, it does make sense to sort of do more than one. But I would say at the moment, it's, it, our focus is just to make sure that the, the Formula Bharat competition we have runs smoothly, that the teams are all pushing the limits and that we want to see every single car go through, pass all the, the, the technical inspection and, and, and compete in the dynamic stuff. So, um, it is something that is possible for sure down the road, but I think it, it needs to be uh, done organically. I mean, we don't want to jump into something, have a That's second right. uh, event and not enough competition. Yeah. Um, Sahil, and, also, uh, if your uh, motive is to uh, kind of you know get uh, get insights into your design very early in the phases, or you want people to do reviews for you, uh, there are yes. formula student workshops that you can attend and get in touch with all of us, where uh, you can get us to take a look at your car and give you feedback earlier. If that was your concern, yes, uh, this is already happening. You can use this as an opportunity to get feedback as well. Yes, and also for some. Uh... Formula student events are designed and scheduled in such a way that it does not uh, have conflicting schedules with your semesterly commitments. Um, also, I believe participating in these events uh, can be quite a financial challenge for student teams as well. Um, you know, I believe that if teams focus on an annual event, then uh, the focus on actually perfecting a bill is greater rather than scurrying to prepare for an event that's like three or six months later so yeah like mr sri said it has to be fully subscribed for uh, you know before something like that can happen uh, so okay moving past that here's a question that any of you guys can relate to uh, inventory management plays a key role in a properly functioning team for sure um, for example uh, more often than not we find teams with blown hose clamps, you know, and they're desperately trying to troubleshoot or diffuse uh, the situation. It's a it's a panicky and it's a tense situation. Uh, so let me ask Sirish first, how does an organization of Volkswagen Motorsports caliber, huge, go about managing inventory for an entire grid of vehicles? Okay, so basically, I mean, uh, it is, it, it all comes down again to preparedness, right? So... For us, for example, when we did the Amio Cup car, which was, we built the car last year, okay? Um, so 2017 was the first year with the Amio Cup car. From sheet of paper to having a complete race car uh, was uh, less than six months for us. So in this less than six months, not only did we do the prototype, but we ended up doing about 10,000 kilometers of testing. 12,000 kilometers, sorry. Um, wow. Which is basically five seasons worth of distance that we covered uh, before we were happy saying that, okay, yes, you know what, this car is good enough to be raced. So when you do that kind of testing, you automatically will find out where all the weak points are in your design. And you can okay. then estimate which part you need how many of. Okay. Right. So yeah, you, you, you can do it based uh, theoretically, but then if you do it based, you, I mean, okay, let's, let's say one thing. 
regardless of how prepared you are there will always be something that catches you out because ultimately these are still prototype cars okay but um, for example you need to have the critical components or the critical i would say low cost critical components you should carry more than one set yes like the components that are more susceptible to failure due to fatigue yeah i mean for example if you talk about uh, hose clamps right hose clamps are relatively cheap so yes. if i'm buying a hose clamp i can get three of the damn things put them in my parts store so that when i go to the event i have my hose clamps for my fuel system already sorted out or whether i've got it for my cooling system already sorted out um it's a relatively low cost sort of backup that you can sort of do without too much trouble of course like when you get to the point where you know you you need to have another engine then it starts getting expensive uh but it's it again comes down to how prepared you are because if you test and you will know what you're opening and pulling out and putting back together more often so you obviously know okay if i'm going to open up my fuel tank of my fuel system three times before the competition then maybe i need to get extra clamps for that because i will probably need to change all the hoses change all the clamps before i get there okay yes right. i completely agree with sirish on that uh, because uh, that is also something that i've learned at ether through testing right we test our scooters so much that eventually you will know what is prone to failure and what kind of spares you need uh, so yeah all of this basically boils down from uh, what you do at uh, testing and uh, yeah on the fuel hose clamps i get asked this a lot of times uh, why i i even heard from rahul that uh, there's this whole buzz on social media that nobody is able to find uh, fuel hose clamps the problem is that there's no oem in india who use these hose clamps with rolled edges uh, which is why it is scarce we can't yeah. use the normal hose clamps in fs because of the obvious reasons it's the wrong application for prototype racing Right, they don't withstand the vibrations that you see in the car. But uh, Chennai uh, teams in Chennai uh, seem to have found a vendor. Maybe you should contact them. I just did a very quick Google search, and in like ten seconds, I could find a supplier called uh, Precision Brand, who sells this on Amazon.com. He sells uh, stainless steel clamps for about thirty bucks a piece, thirty uh, rupees. I found the guy in like ten seconds, and I'm sure teams can find more. more of these suppliers also teams can actually design their own clamps right this is a design competition at the end of the day you conceptualize one you send us your design proposals to the rules email we'll take a look at it and approve it and teams can then build prototypes and validate it before putting it onto the car i know this is very safety critical which is why we ask teams to build prototypes validate it and only then they'll be allowed to put it on the car but yeah things like this is what fetches huge points at design judging right and if you can make a nice business case out of it maybe every fsai team in india needs to buy these clamps from you right that's your funding sorted there so if a working procedure or even a component that a team has designed isn't in the books how do they go about validating it such that they can use it in competition i can kind of relate to what we do at ether right so you you have a problem that you want to solve you you kind of think and you come up with different concepts in which you can solve that like you'll have probably four concepts on the table you do a few quick simulations and you kind of see you know which one works best probably pick two out of which can uh, you know build a prototype do an actual test don't try too much like don't try to prototype four or five concepts because end of the day as a formula student team all our resources are limited our time is limited pick and choose your battles just come up with maybe a couple of concepts prototype both of them uh, do a quick bench test to validate these two and in case you feel some of these are like flouting the rules or you know i'm not sure whether this is safe what if a technical inspector asks me for more data so if you have questions like that you just email us in advance so that we can take a look at all the reports a lot of time what we see is teams come to us during the event at technical inspection giving us these reports and we don't really have time and mental bandwidth to go through all of them in so much detail right that is why i keep asking teams to you know send us emails with all the reports so that we have sufficient time to look at them um so yeah that's typically how yes okay uh, so hasam back to the question on inventory management how do you tackle glitches and moreover how do you prevent them from happening at all we faced quite a lot of problems in inventory management i mean getting the right tool at the right time 
but i think eventually over the course of the four days of the competition i think we bettered that i in some sort of way but i think for now we have come up with a plan of i mean having a separate committee involving a, a few guys maybe three or four people who whose job is to just look at the inventory management we have two to three storage places in which there are different tools and each tool in every place so that there's no difficulty i mean access to tools is present for every member at every point of the competition so i think that's the best way to go about it and talking about the parts also as you as you talked about it testing is the best way to figure out to i mean to have uh, a spare parts of what you think is critical so i think we're going to test this at formula bharat and let's see how it goes about for us and you guys have been constantly doing well in tech clearing it uh, quickly and going on to the dynamics so what yes. do you guys do to make it work again everything comes down to preparation and i mean just presence of mind at that point of time during the competition i think every team member in their own self and with each other have to be i'm mean, bonded together and have to be present in that situation i mean not have their mind somewhere else i mean just be absorbed into what they're doing and i think it should go good for everyone everyone i mean it i mean i know it's a very tense situation at that time i've been there you people have been there so I've, i mean it's just focusing on what is there in the present not looking what happened before not looking to uh, ahead into the future just live the live that moment and just enjoy what comes ahead in your way so i think just go step by step not taking not going to ahead i mean that just paid off Okay. Uh, well, do you do you do you see a vast difference in the way an international team was functioning and the way uh, your team was functioning? Did you see any any difference with that? Probably when it comes to as something as simple as confidence levels. Of course, you guys were going to uh, you know guys are away. You're going to their home turf. Uh, but do yeah. you is there is there a visible noticeable difference that you um, that you took in? Yeah, I mean, on the first day we arrived at. Uh, FSA in the campsite we our whole team i mean we comprised of about 20 25 people who we were busy i mean getting the car ready for tech uh, assembling it and we saw other teams just having fun having their old beer having some food parties i mean they are, they are, they have huge teams what are from what i saw about 50 60 people i mean there are different groups for different different things and the main limitation was the limited number of people i think I I don't know if how how much that matters, but the main visible different difference was the enjoyment while we were doing and uh, spending our time getting our car ready. Everyone else was enjoying having fun, just just calming themselves down before the uh, day one of the competition. So and even during the events, we were I mean I couldn't notice much because of the tension of the competition clearing tech, but. from what i saw people having food enjoying a game of foosball or whatever i think it was just i mean i saw from what i saw it was like a family from different parts of the world i'm just coming to enjoy over there so i wanted my team also to feel the same way so what um, are the lessons you bring back from every competition i mean there are no boundaries for improvement and there's always scope to develop in each and every aspect be it managerial technical so i mean we just uh, we we spent different members of my team spent many lot of time speaking to the respective members of different teams knowing what they do trying to see if we can do that in our car what if what will be the benefits to us i mean just going part by part not look taking overall look learning from the competition obviously how to enjoy while you work not uh, taking too much tension not going too much ahead into the future just see how the teams work over there and trying to implement that into our work ethic and culture and i mean get that good vibe into the environment in which we work that's the main okay. thing that required um uh, the, the same question i actually wanted to uh, ask suraj when it comes to the difference uh, that they see when they go to an international competition suraj what are you, what are your inputs on this yeah so uh, just coming back to what sahil said where uh, you know compared to uh, like what you see at formula where teams come in on day 0 and for the first day they just like assembling the car i see a lot of teams lined up at uh, hotbeds and things like that whereas 
you go to any uh, international competition and you will see uh, teams are just chilling their car is in race ready condition and stuff like that right so um, i've i've discussed this a lot with teams and what i see is the the major reason for that is teams uh, do not want to spend too much money in transportation so they transport they disassemble the entire car and they transport it and then they assemble the car on the first day of the competition right so um, see there are a lot of things that happen when you decide to do this uh, you spend a lot of time uh, which is like almost the entire first day of the competition just building putting your car back together uh, you don't know if it's going to run the way it did the last time uh, you don't know if you know sometimes during uh, servicing when you remove a bolt and put it back together some bolts can break or some threads in your aluminum can fail right so there's a lot of risk involved in doing all of this uh, so what i suggest teams is you know spend a little more money uh, during your, when you transport your car uh, transport your car as assembled don't remove anything and then uh, you will come to the competition in a race ready condition and the first thing you can do is just line up at tech and uh, have us uh, take a look at your car but suraj in your past experiences formula student in india what are the common grievances you see at the tech day <clears throat> a lot of times the issues i uh, see with teams is a lot of compliance in uh, most of their parts uh, especially things like the pedal box uh, the steering assembly um, and these sort of things right and uh, these are things where the inspectors are very senty about like uh, if your pedals are flexing when the driver applies force on it there's there's no way your car is going to be reliable on track uh with that happening if your pedals are sticky and they don't bounce back to initial positions that's a no go uh you can't have you you literally kind of jugad happening in your pedal and steering assembly and uh, another example is steering stoppers they need to be rigid the rack must be rigidly secured to the chassis and i'm very surprised with the number of teams that have issues with compliance yeah that's that's one of the major things that we saw last year the tech the technical checklists are published like a couple of months before the event so uh, i really ask the teams to you know scrutinize the car yourselves uh, get other teams from your city to do scrutinizing for you that also helps you just save on transport see rules are basically made primarily for two reasons a safety and uh, b is to prevent unfair advantage to a team right so just based on these two parameters uh, you need to understand the intent of rules right so then you will be looking at your car the same way that we'll be looking at your car get professors from your university to take a look at your car uh, they'll highlight safety concerns much quicker than any of us will do see technical inspectors do not care of how many kilometers of testing you've done uh, if they're worried about safety you need to go fix it if if you're flouting a rule somewhere but if you if you have sufficient data uh, to back up your design then send the query to the rules team right away and get their opinions up front uh, if you bring this during tech it doesn't really uh help us see considering the schedule uh, if you want to attend all static events at the event you realistically have time to come to tech only twice hence checklists are important uh, mock reviews are important get it right the first time more than two visits to tech means you have had to miss on statics maybe some dynamics too so yeah that's just my advice to teams all right well let's have a common question to all of you do you do you see the, any perceptions of participants or teams that you want to see changed i would say i mean honestly the the most important change is people need to take responsibility for their actions because otherwise we have a lot of reasons why something hasn't happened uh, you know dog ate my homework doesn't cut it so you are responsible for a particular task then you need to complete it and you need to complete it without having to have somebody else sit on your back supervise you to be able to do it and that's when a team functions well i think that would be my biggest pet peeve is that people just need to take ownership of everything and uh, the second aspect is that you know we always hear yeah but we are a very small team with low budget from this backward village in india so we can't do this that's all rubbish i don't accept that either so these are my two pet peeves i would say uh completely agree with uh, just to add to him uh, one thing that i really want teams to do is to be more confident when they are right uh, same goes for design and cost judging everywhere like it's your car you've built it so be confident of what you've done when someone asks you why you chose concept a over concept b like you have 
a straightforward answer. Like you evaluated parameters X, Y, Z, you did test one and two, hence it's evident that concept A was better. Like I see teams having done all of this, but when I ask them, they don't say anything. And like I need to spend 15 minutes with them and then someone else will come and say, sir, we did all of this. Uh, here are the results. I'm like, okay. Uh, but yes, there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance. Uh, be watchful of this. Uh, be confident, but don't be arrogant. Another thing is uh, uh, like teams should start documenting failures, like all types of failures, technical as well as non-technical. Uh, if you had people quit your team, that is a failure as well. That is a people management failure. So you document all these failures. It's going to help you uh, in a long way. If not this year, maybe in the next couple of years. Uh, present all these failures in your design and in your uh, business events. The judges will really appreciate that. An advice to teams is uh, build your own stuff. Minimize the number of off-the-shelf components like upright steering columns, etc. that you use uh, unless you have a strong reason to do it. Right? It's a design competition at the end of the day. Uh, first-year teams are an exemption. Uh, as a first-year team, you would want to like build lesser and probably just get your first car running by assembling uh, a lot of off-the-shelf components. Uh, but having said that, pick your battles. Right? You just have 12 months of time. Uh, don't redesign everything. Pick whatever you can from your previous car, but uh, try to minimize the number of off-the-shelf components you use. For EV teams specifically, talk to your combustion teams. Use their components. Do not reinvent the wheel. They have figured out a lot of shit that you guys can take up. So just probably carry over the components in your first year. Another thing I want to talk about, but I don't know how to solve is documentation. I've not solved it uh, myself for the past four or five years, and I really don't know how to solve it. But documentation serves as a really good purpose to, you know, carry forward knowledge year after year. Chalmers Formula Student is a great example of how it's done, right? Chalmers Formula Student every year is a brand new team. There is no person from the previous year who works for a particular year, right? So they have figured out documentation well. Maybe teams should talk to Chalmers and uh, get to know. Maybe Sirish also has a few inputs on documentation. Sirish, how do you manage uh, documentation of failures and tests of your race cars? See, honestly, I mean, uh, we could do a lot better job than we do. We have essentially our own format of reporting and documenting all of this that goes into a race report. But we still rely quite heavily uh, in terms of uh, having continuity in terms of people uh, from year on year. So we still are not as good as we, we need to be. Yeah. So, but for sure that we, every time that the car is running or any car is running or in case of our customers, when we have our engineers out at a, at a rally where you've got different uh, cars that are owned by customers running, when they are done with the event, they will document all the failures that they had across the, the event, whatever issues that they've faced, how they've solved it. And so that all com gets compiled into a, a document that gets into our system. All of the people involved have a chance to read all of it. And so that knowledge is transferred but then it gets filed away at the moment and we need to have a better way for sure than just doing that. All right, everyone. Um, I believe that is all the time we have for today. Uh, I would just like to say that it truly was a pleasure speaking to all of you. I have learned quite a bit and uh, I'm sure the teams tuning in will benefit from the information shared here today as well. Uh, Sirisa, Suraj and Hussam, thank you guys all for your time. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Um, we will see you at Formula Bharat 2019 in January. It's going to be plenty hot, guys. So sunscreen and water. Uh, all right. See you guys next Thursday. Cheers. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, then please do share it. Also, do follow Formula Bharat and Grid Motorsports on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening and do stay tuned for more updates from the Formula Powered website.